Sarah Watson. Welcome to Word Tetris. Thank you. Great to be here. How are you? I'm fantastic. How's, uh, I assume, we'll record. So, but the last episode that went up was recorded a week ago today, and no one had fired their agent yet. Oh, so I'm the first. <laughs> You're the first post-agent <laughs> oh, apocalypse. Yes, I have. I guess. I have I, a girl has no agent. <laughs> So everyone's having today was the day that the union announced that they are su- now suing. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you See, haven't seen I this haven't yet? been online much today. So okay, you're breaking so, the news to me. So the it was the WGA announced they're gonna sue Oh um, dang sue the agents over the packaging fees. Okay. Well, well I have a some lawsuit was filed. Well, a lawsuit was okay. filed. A lawsuit was filed. Against How far, specific agents or um, agencies? Is it big I think four? against the ATA as a whole. Okay. So that would mean the big four. Um, shit's gonna get gnarly. Can I say shit? Yes, you okay. can say shit. <laughs> shit, You're, it's gonna get crazy. I just look. I just watched an episode of television you wrote where a woman gabbles with the fact that she has never had an orgasm. I'm pretty sure you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> well, <yeah>. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, before we move further, first 20 minutes of this episode will be available for free on wordtetris.com and all your various podcasters. If you want the full episode, the full Sarah Watson experience, head on over to patreon.com slash wordtetris. Sign up for the $1 an episode tier. Get the full episode. If you want to hear a bonus episode after that, stick around. Uh, uh, sign up for the $3 an episode tier tomorrow from when this comes out. You'll get a bonus episode, bonus Sarah Watson. We're going to talk positivity, which is the whole reason we're oh, here. I'm a big fan of positivity. <laughs> Pay the dollar, people. <laughs> $3 for oh, that one. $3. That I guarantee it'll be worth it <laughs> and uh you can find me on twitter at twitter.com slash meryl bar m-e-r-r-i-l-l-b-a-r-r you can find the show on twitter at twitter.com slash word tetris pod sarah where can people find you online sarah watson s-a-r-a-h-w-a-t-s-o-n 42 um on twitter and on instagram and are we promoting anything or it's all uh, i've got a book coming out next spring okay uh, anything on that uh, title? It's called anything? Most Likely. It'll either be out in spring or summer of 2020. Um, Little Brown, Poppy is my imprint, and I'm okay. very excited. It's my first young adult novel. Now, Sarah, what is your relationship to rewriting? And since you just, I know you turned in you turned in that book, you told me. Yes. Like turned in, turned in? or Well, no, I still have, there's many steps. I turned in, um, I just did a really big rewrite, though. How, all right, perfect. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Yes. So how was that rewrite? Well, ordinarily, everything I turned in is perfect on the first <laughs> draft, like all writers. Um, that, that was sarcasm. So does that mean you hate rewriting? No, actually, I really like rewriting. Um, rewriting, I feel like, is where things really come alive. And um, the dirty little secret, I think, writers um, don't like to admit, but we like good notes. I know writers like to bitch and moan about the network process, and a lot of times it's because we get conflicting notes or we get notes that aren't really thought well through. But a great set of notes is like gold. What's your what? What do you like a specific note, or do you like a broad note that says like there's something where you can. Det- play a little detective and figure out what's all right what's this actually about it it really depends um i i love a note first of all that starts with a compliment <laughs> it's something that i wish more executives were, would do say what you do like about it first so that i you know we're all the way i had i had a therapist who explained it to me not notes but just talking in general about um my current therapist when we were talking about uh because i have a tendency to be very blunt. Mm. <laughs> compliment sandwich. Yes. Yeah, no, that's exactly, <laughs> what, you that's exactly, what, that's exactly what you said. Yes. Exactly what you said. Make it a sandwich. Like, you yeah. know, compliment. 
Criticism comes. Every TV writing course or every writer's group you're in, that's what they teach you. And somehow that's just been lost um, in television. It's like the, the more nasty they can be, the more the more good they are at their jobs. And what's been great about this book rewrite experience is that um, – so far, my this is my only experience, but publishing is not like that. Um, why I've heard not the first time I've heard this. Oh, why, really? Interesting. Why is publishing? I don't like know. That? What is it like? What is it about the editors in publishing that go where they seem to have an they come to a knowledge base of I'm I'm bumping on X Y and Z, but this is yours and not mine. So I I mean we paid you for you. So I'll tell you how I feel, but it's your decision. It's yeah. Like, so why, why, what's, the, do. what's the difference? I truly don't know, but I think part of it is fewer cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I have I have one editor. She's fantastic and really experienced, plus her assistant, who are giving me notes. So it's one cohesive voice where a lot of times in television, you're getting notes from studio, studio network. network and they don't always agree. And sometimes there's infighting. And I think sometimes it's... Um, also, there's far less moving parts as a whole. Yes. There's just... A book is you write the text. Yes. The person reads the text. Maybe, you know, and the publisher doesn't give notes, right? Or the, the, and the publisher just hires the editor yes. to do that for them. Right. So they're speaking on behalf of the publisher. So that's one voice speaking. Yeah. So the talking, one voice thing definitely down, helps. Down the ladder. And I do think there's a lot more politics in television. At least that's been my experience. Like you oftentimes get in a war between the network and the studio over who who's going to get their voice heard. And well, who's big dog on big dog on campus? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, ultimately, it is the network who has the final say. But I think, you know, there's just I've noticed interpersonal conflicts in note giving a lot in television. And that's not always the experience there. I've had fantastic notes experiences in television. But I think there's a lot more complicating factors. Whereas with with books, it's just one voice, and that's been really great. And my editor, um, I can give her a shout out, Pam Gruber. She's awesome, super experienced, and so she brings a level ex- of experience to the book world that I don't have. So she's seen things that I don't see. What's an example of like a really great note you got from her, where it was like, "Oh my god, where have you been all my life?" Oh my gosh, there are so many, but let me try to let me try to think of a specific one. Um, I think she had a specifically for one character, I had it in my mind that I was communicating a certain thing. And apparently I was not, you know, she thought something that this character was doing was coming off really unlikable. And it wasn't my intention at all. She's like, you know, maybe you meant to make this character unlikable. And uh, that's your choice. But this was my experience. And it wasn't my intention at all. And she was able to sort of highlight it in a way and give me some suggestions on how to make the character feel more real, feel more balanced. And that was that was what's, great. what's a version of that conversation in television where it's where where what they're trying where they're trying to express because i feel like the intention because i feel like the intention is the same right it's this yeah. intention of i'm trying to communicate to you that this is how it's coming off but instead of doing it in the way she did where it's hey this is how i i read this and I don't know if that was your goal or not. I th- I've got notes that are like, I hate this character. Right. And without a compliment sandwich, it's really hard to not take that personally. Right. Because even if it's not my intention, and even if the note can ultimately make it better, it still stings. Right. No, I got that. I got that. Uh, I just, all right. So I just did a polish 
on my oldest of the three samples that I, I have, I'm happy to and send And where out. are you getting your notes from? Are these from yourself or from friends? From, uh, well, I'm backtracking. So okay. originally it was, I used to get notes from people, but this is where I learned, because you don't know, well, not learn, but you in the beginning, you don't have access to the right note givers. Yes. You just have access yeah. to your friends. Yeah. And not, well, sometimes are amazing. Right. But some, but the yeah. thing is that what you, re, what you learn over time is that not everyone is supposed to read everything and that there are certain people who have viewpoints that yeah. don't match up with the thing you're – like if you're trying to write – so in this case it was this CW sci-fi-ish urban fantasy mm-hmm. show, right? I handed that to a guy who uh, loses his fucking mind for um, Russian experimental films, right? Uh-huh. And loves the so, friend, yeah. like just the wrong, yeah. the wrong audience, right? But all I had. So at the time, though, I had a char- my main character. I I didn't understand the concept of an act of choice, where it's like the character is running through the story and it's happening to her, right? Everything's happening to her. And I was like, well, it's hap- the whole point of this is happening over one, this pilot's happening over one night. And her entire world mm-hmm. is being upended in this one night. And then what happens after that one night? That's the show. And the problem, and I was like, well, then, yeah, she's, she's getting, she's, all this information is being thrown at her. At no point was she making an active choice, even mm. an active choice to run away yes. from it. There was she was just being dragged along the story. Yeah, she, and a passive character is really hard to connect and with. And this dude, yeah. like, offended. A very offended of like you have this fuck she's not doing anything what are you talking about she's not doing it she's in the middle of all this shit yeah but she's not doing uh-huh. anything and then i wrote in one scene where he elbows someone in where she she elbows someone in a face in the face and to get away and i was like okay well there she's now fighting back and that's all it took just yeah that little bit of just like she wants to and then she has another moment where later she pulls a knife like it's like she starts to fight back and the more i wrote her fighting back the more the dude came around, so I just did this polish last night. That that was that was like four years ago, three years ago. So I did the polish just now because I'm trying to. Um, you know, we always carry samples, but mm-hmm. this is the oldest of the ones I carry. I was like, this one needs like this one needs like a quick rebuff. It's a little it's a little dusty. I don't write this way anymore. So I did that, and I was just like, oh, because I've done that now, mm-hmm. where I have written other things where the characters are far more active and far more. Uh, just like choice making. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, oh no. And took a few hours and just like, oh, like, well, this is, but this, but I know how to fix it. It's yeah. a very easy fix. Yeah. So just fixed it. And I was like, oh, okay. Because so you've then, become a better writer right. every time you write. And so when you go back to something you wrote what, four years ago. Right. And what I, my advice would be on this one is that I've just learned is if you have samples, and you have samples you like to send out, if one of them's a little old, then that means you've changed as a person a little bit, go back to it and just give it a polish with the yeah. new eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, so when uh, when you're writing, you know, when you're writing something, let's go with, let's stick with the bold type okay. for a minute. When you were doing rewrite on a show like that, also where the stakes aren't that high. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> um, what was the process like in rewriting? Let's go like sticking with the pilot. What was it like rewriting that pilot? Oh my gosh. Well, I was, I mean, I was getting notes from a lot of people, so it was really challenging to balance all that out. And, you know, Freeform um, was, had this really staunch idea that, you know, it, it, they would always go back to, it's called the bold type. Although when we were shooting the pilot, it was called issues, but they didn't want the women to have any weaknesses. And it's really, really hard to create a show 
where characters don't arc. I can see, I actually can see you telling me that. I can, and having just recently watched the pilot for the first time, I can totally see the remnants of that note it, in the pilot. I found it really challenging because I, I disagreed with them in the sense that I don't think women in their early 20s have it all together. And I think there is a lot of room to grow. And I think we do make a lot of bad mistakes. And so, um, it was a lot of push and pull about like, how do you present a character as strong in the, in page one and then have somewhere to go by the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that was like a huge but it, struggle. Well, it opens with them at a low, at the low point. Yeah. Like it opened. Well, no, they're not the low point. When you find out later, they're not yeah. the low point. They're expressing, ex- uh, they're anger expressing, over, yeah. <laughs> over anger, over having just gotten past the low point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then, but also counterbalanced by their boss who is, Perfect. Who is perfect. perfect. And that's hard too, because when you have a character who's perfect, where do you go with them? Right. And, and also they, um, you know, this was one of the other struggles I had with them is that they're really anti girls in love. And so like they, they kind of, one exec in particular sort of saw love as a weakness, like that desire to want to be in a relationship. And I mean, I definitely think in my twenties I was prioritizing career, but that didn't mean that I didn't want love. And mm-hmm. so you know, I think love is one of the biggest stories we tell. Like, I mean, we, it goes back to Aristotle, you know. And so when when that choice is taken away from you in terms of storytelling, it does make it challenging. Is that why you swung so far in the other direction yeah. in the second episode? Yeah. Because we haven't seen, so anyone hasn't seen the bold type, I just watched the first two episodes. The pilot is exactly what you just described. The second episode, the plot of the second episode is, what's the main character's name? Jane. Jane. Jane is t- uh, told, all right, someone else is the, had to uh not you can't write our sex column this month we need you to do it and she goes oh uh and she goes and so it's she's told to write like a very standard how to like like how to have the best orgasm or whatever mm-hmm. and at which point is immediately discovered she's never had an orgasm in her life by the way and the episode does not end with her getting that to the <laughs> end of that there's that there's in i feel like the bad version is Okay, by the end of the episode, she has an orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but, but it's, it's like, not that easy. But it, yeah. The thing is that you get to the end of it and you go, I wanted to show the complications. Right, and- right. And you get to the end of the episode and you go, well, wait, she didn't, she just fit, what she realized was she has the capability yeah. to. And that was it. And I was like, that's pretty good. Thank you. That's pretty fucking good. Um, also, I, I don't think I've ever left harder hearing someone uh, spout the line, it's stuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That would that that made that's one of the hardest laughs I've had in a long time. Oh my god! But moving on from that, go watch the episode, people. <laughs> um, on like on Parenthood, one the that show is so specific. Yes, right. Cadams is so specific. Cadams. Cadams is. <laughs> I dude, I should freaking I shared an elevator with him so many times in the last six months and I still always get his name wrong wait you I, shared an elevator with him yeah oh are you I, over I, at that I office, over at that office. Yeah. not in that office not uh-huh. uh, in any of his things but our office was next to true jack um but uh anyway so you probably shared an office or an elevator with Oliver Stone too then no oh. actually did not although I was told there was possibility yes. I could <laughs> um so on that show, the voice is so it's his, so his voice, yes. right? And the 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 rambling, the over talking, yeah. all of that. I don't, also, I don't know how the hell you write that on the page. Well, uh, a lot of that is loose and improv on the on set. Yeah, yeah. That that was a show that was really fast and loose with dialogue. 
how do you rewrite that, that that show? Because is it easier because you know you have to write towards his voice? I thought so. And also his voice matches my voice. Like that's definitely the best fit I've ever had in terms of staffing on someone else's show. Um, he does. He has such a specific voice and he's so specific about what he wants. So I found it really easy to, not easy to write the show. It's, it's a complicated emotional show, but easy because I knew who I was trying to to write to. And right. like, it's so specifically his voice. And he's also so good about communicating exactly what he wants. How do you, what, what would be like a typical note from him on a rewrite? Well, with Jason, you're right. His voice is so specific and he just wants things to feel emotionally real. Mm-hmm. And so if he reads something and it doesn't feel real to him, that's... Like, that's when you But that show's not, like, that's just real, but it's not, though. Like, that's the weird, that's, I find that note fascinating, because the, the, the complications are real, but the way these, it's a hyper-real in that show, if I Inter- always That's interesting like. that you I, have that reaction, because I always found it very real and very grounded. Like, we always kept things really complicated and messy. Characters didn't always have super clean arcs. Right. They, I, yeah, and I, but that's. And that's all, like, it's it's compressed. It all yeah. is very compressed. Like, in real life, like, the way, you know, the the, the you know the biggest heartstring season, the, the, the breast cancer season, yeah. um, the, everything felt very compressed in that season. Like, the... In like, terms of timeline? In terms of timeline. I mean, maybe just and, in terms of making it TV. Right, yeah. and exactly. And because of that, it just, everything felt way more heightened than yeah. I think... In reality, there'd be a, there'd be some lull points. Yeah. Right? Well, that was also such a personal story for Jason because mm-hmm. his wife Kathy had just gone through mm-hmm. breast cancer and all all of that. So it was such a personal story for Jason. Right. And so, on a show like that, when you're conducting, how close was your first draft to what would get shot? Because I imagine Pretty that show close. really because yeah. I always imagine that show would take a would need a lot of drafts. No, it's, it's so cl- so Sorkin and it I, and it's because we spent so much time breaking the episodes. Okay, like that show I, more than any other show I've been on. We really specifically broke scene by scene. Like we'd be in the writers' room with these note cards and go through it over and over and over again. So by the time you went off to script, I already knew exactly what every scene was going to be. I already knew lines of dialogue. So there wasn't, and we didn't. We didn't have a lot of episodes not work. Like I've been on other shows where you pull an episode off the board and then you go to write it and you're like, holy shit, this doesn't work at all. We have to completely re-break it. I mean, there were maybe storylines we had to re-break here and there, but for the most part, once Jason... And that's also a testament to Jason's experience. Mm-hmm. Like he knew when things were working or not. That um, that idea of the breaking, it comes up a lot. Breaking and outlining are a big factor in yeah. the show because I feel like... I am of the mind, and not everyone agrees with me, particularly younger writers do not agree with me. Um, that outline will save your ass. Oh, interesting. In the rewrite. So younger um, writers tend to say. Because no they're outlines? like, no, go to script. Because I, here's what I get a lot I'm a heavy outliner. My process is th- notes on the, no cards on the board yeah. to a, for, for an hour long, to a 12 to 15 page outline that's all prose. With some scattered dialogue, and the more dialogue means the more I have to write yeah. because it's I'm writing proper dialogue and it takes up a lot of the page. Um, to first um, from that to a bunch of rewrites on that document, and only after a few passes on that document will I then move to script. At which
To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash wordtetris.